This program contains words that are sexually graphic. Based on the advice of the Federal Ministry of Health and the NCDC, I am directing the cessation of all movements in Lagos and the FCT for an initial period of 14 days. That is Nigeria's president, Mohamed Buhari, announcing the first round of restrictions in the country. The police could not provide service that period, but they were busy enforcing lockdowns. And millions of teenagers were locked down with neighbors and caregivers who raped and molested them. As a daughter, if they were at school, most of these things that happened may have not happened. He used his penis on, the, on her anus. My closest neighbor is just like uncle to me. You are listening to Locked Down with Their Rapists, a documentary by investigative journalist Panjo Damilola. She traveled to Cross River State in southern Nigeria. There she spoke with children who were raped during the lockdown, some as young as four. Their names have been changed to protect their identity. When authorities closed schools in March 2020, they did so in an attempt to flatten the surging curve of the novel coronavirus ravaging the world. When President Buhari announced the first round of restrictions that month, COVID-19 had already killed nearly 40,000 people globally, including two in Nigeria. But what many probably did not envisage was that countless number of children across the country became soft targets for sexual assault and rape. Um, it's last year, August 2020. My dad said to me I should go and buy granites and sugar for 15-year-old Isabel is preparing to take her West Africa Senior School Certificate exam. She is also trying to forget what happened to her in August 2020. Isabel was 14 when she was accosted on her streets by three men. She knew them from the neighborhood and greeted them sometimes. But on that August evening, they blocked her path, armed with a gun and a knife against an unthreatening teen girl. I will return on my neighbor, a boy, they now ran after me. Then, when they ran after me, they had to pursue the boy. They now pointed a gun. One of them pointed a gun at me, and the other one with knife, this money. And she me see if I shot or do anything, and they'll kill me there. They now dragged me to one of their houses, and the three of them slept with me. The men left her bleeding and threatened to kill her if she ever told anyone. She did not have to say anything. The blood stings were hard to hide. My daddy went to their compound, and all of them, the three of them ran away. So I was inside the car because I was feeling pain, and I was bleeding at that moment. So it was in the morning that my daddy took me back to the um, 
hospital. They went and got attended to me and treated me and just gave me a doctor report. That from there we went to the police station. Isabel says it was the most harrowing experience of her life. It is an episode she shares with thousands of other girls who were raped and molested during the lockdown. Celia had an almost identical experience with Isabel in an office room where noise from a generator and passing vehicles poured in through the windows. Can you tell me your story, a bit of it? My closest neighbor is just like uncle to me. I never knew he had such attention in mind. It started out like any normal school-free day. Celia went into the home of Michael Agu, the man who allegedly raped her as she had done many times before. She had grown fond of Agu and his family in those months and would often pass time with them watching TV or playing board games in their apartment. It was a cordial relationship, she says, of a type that grows out of a communal setting where neighbors share household items like pockets and rely on each other for safety and companionship. When weeks of school closure turned into months with no end in sight, Agu promised to take Celia to his office for a change of scenery. On a weekday, he invited her in the presence of his wife, and that raised no suspicion for Celia. So when he took me to his workplace, he told me to wait for him there. And he left. He came back, and he brought fearless, this fearless energy drink. He told me I should take the drink and the paper soup since I'm coming to his workplace for the first time. So when I drank, I didn't know that he has dropped something inside. And I felt dizzy. That was how he slept with me. That is the last thing Celia remembers before dozing off. She is not sure how long she slept in the storeroom where Agu had begun entertaining her earlier that day. When you woke up, um, how did you realize that this? Uh, I noticed I was bleeding. I I was bleeding. Through that period, I was not with myself because I was very weak. Disoriented as she was, Agu led her to the roadside, hailed a cab, and sent her home. Celia still hadn't fully grasped what had happened to her. I never knew that he had slept with me. It was when I went to my nurse and I told her what happened. And she carried me to the hospital, teaching hospital. That was where they told us. And we did some tests to confirm if he had slept with me. Eugene is the grandmother of four-year-old Laurel, who was raped by her septuagenarian granduncle. Where they were supposed to be, they were not there. As a daughter, if they were asked to, most of these things that happened, 
may have not happened. Laurel and her grandma spoke with Banjo in the office of Basic Rights Council Initiative, a not-for-profit that advocates for children and women's rights. What are you watching? It was Grandma Eugene who saw Laurel come out of Ekan Embassy's flat holding her private parts, confusion written on her face. Eugene took the little girl to the hospital where it was confirmed that she was raped. Ekan Embassy is Grandma's first cousin. He has 13 grandkids of his own. That hurts Grandma Eugene as much as the axe itself. She cannot understand how someone so close and so old could do that to a child, much less one in his family. Maybe in here, because maybe head when I came out, because the window was like this when I passed outside, outside at that Maybe he had when people greeted me, now push this children out. If he has done it without me, no, I wasn't there. Banjo visited Basi in the Calabar Correctional Center, where he is being held pending trial. She was not allowed to record the interview by prison rules. Basi is a retired soldier who says he was part of various peacekeeping missions. In prison, he is called Old Soldier. When asked why he confessed to the crime earlier, he said it was the condition his cousin, Laurel's grandma, gave for his release. Back at BRCI's office, Grandma is protective of Laurel. She speaks in a whisper to prevent the little girl from remembering what is being discussed. Sorry, ma, for cutting short. Can you speak up a little? Uh, um, I see this situation. I don't want. I don't want to remind her. Is little Laurel going to forget everything? One cannot say definitively, according to Ifunanya Chukweke, a developmental psychologist at the University of Nigeria, Nsuka. Exact age for retention is not general. The child may not be able to say exactly when something happens. It's possible the child doesn't remember immediately. But it's possible, it's possible the person may have flashbacks. When you encounter something like that again, um, but it also depends on the cognitive developmental level of that child. I remember when we having an interview, preparing her for a matter in court. She wasn't talking. We played there. We begged. We tried to. That's Bishen Sagala. She has spent her years of practice as a lawyer helping to prepare traumatized rape victims, including toddlers like Laurel, testify in court. She was the one who took Laurel out of the room during the interview. So it was in the course of the playing with her. We had even left the interview venue. I was walking out with her. She said something. She said, he carried that his long, long fingers and put it in my bum. But that's when it's still fresh. That was over a year ago. The case was stalled when court staff across the country went on strike in 2021. The presiding judge has since retired. With these delays, Agala worries if Laura will be able to give any useful evidence. 
when the case comes up again, considering the fact that her grandma has been shielding her from anything that will trigger her memory. case where the child is unable to recollect what's the implication of that Ooh. the child does not say anything that's former justice Eo Ita he bowed out before he could conclude the case between Laurel and Basi now you piece together everything you have you have the medical report you have the evidence of the accused normally there are no eyewitnesses you just piece them together and you may come up with some sort of if you, you know. Depends on what the accused person says. Sometimes they talk until they talk them in line, they go and talk themselves in line with the offense. So you said so, so this is what you did. Sexual assault is not peculiar to Crush River. The Lagos State's Domestic Sexual Violence Response Team, DSVRT, recorded 1,780 cases of sexual violence against children 17 and under in 2020. According to the organization, more than half of those children were between the ages of 2 and 9. Mohamed Adamu is Nigeria's former inspector general of police. He says there was an increase in the number of sexual violence cases reported during the lockdown. According to him, 717 rape incidents were recorded between January and May 2020. In Lagos, the number of cases recorded in the first three months of the lockdown by the DSVRT declined due to restrictions in movement. That changed, says Titilola Vaivo Adenii, the coordinator of the state sexual violence response team. July, we launched our toll-free line. 08,000 and we did quite a lot of advocacy. So um, we had a lot of community engagement, social media interactions and all of that. So we expected that we would see an increase in reporting. Obviously, we did not know it was going to be as much as that. James Ebor is the principal counsel at BRCI. He says his organization tried to provide assistance to as many survivors as they could during the lockdown. Since the NGO was founded 11 years ago, it has handled 870 cases and more than 77 people have been housed in its shelter. With very limited resources, Ebor is unable to help everyone as quickly as he wants. It was even very traumatic because they were, they were, they were, there was a time for two straight weeks, our office was locked, so we couldn't even provide service. And we tried to provide counseling on phone. How do you provide counseling on phone to a survivor who is in an environment that was not safe? There is a child uh, who is currently in our safe space whose abuse actually started. She's 18 now, but her abuse started during the lockdown when she was 17 by her father. By her father. Yeah. And in the same house with her mother, 
This is her biological father. That was the case for many girls who were unable to get the help they needed during the lockdown. And sadly too, we had people, more people calling us during the lockdown that they've been sexually assaulted by their parents or stepfathers. The number of those calls increased. And sadly, we could not respond to all. Survivors of sexual violence still face stigma globally, and when they are minors, their parents might also share in the trauma. But for me, the trauma was just, I did not sleep for days, I mean weeks, because I could not imagine that kind of thing happening. The trauma was just too much. I would sleep and then wake up thinking of what kind of trouble this is. That's Grandma Eugene. When nine-year-old Jackie was raped, it almost caused a rift between her parents. Her mother shares the story. I was passing to a lot because her father putting all blame on me that I cannot take care of her, abusing me, saying a lot of things. We are not sharing Jackie's mother's name to protect the little girl who was raped by her neighbor, Ifyong Basi. I was not happy. I was so sad that this is, at least she is the only child I have for now. Upon all the suffering, I'll be suffering for her, and this kind of thing will come and happen again. I, was, I wasn't happy. I was not happy. Jackie suffered vaginal prolapse, a condition that occurs when the bladder or uterus falls into the vagina or when the rectum pushes into the vagina. When Banjo spoke to Jackie and her mother, she clung to her mom like she was afraid of straying. When her mother changed seats to move closer to the fan in the room, she followed. Despite looking timid and scared, Jackie was firm in her recollection of the painful episode she lived through. I went to Banjo, there's been somebody dragged my hand and dragged me and put inside the bathroom. Then I know it inside the bathroom and also the person's face. And then the person also got shot that he's going to cut me with knife. That day she did not tell me. Friday evening. That was when, as I came back from, I went out, I came back. Mommy, 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 come. There's something I want to show you. I said, what is it? He said, mommy, my PP is red, though. My PP. On Saturday morning, she started flowing. Blood coming out. Ah, Miss Eva was afraid. I said, what kind of thing is this? A small girl like this. Is this some period or what? Advocates say fear of harm is a common reaction among sexual assault survivors, especially if they are young and vulnerable. Thinking that the guy will not, I just say it like that. Don't mean that the guy will go extra man by threatening her not to tell me because she told me the first time. Jackie's rapist was released on administrative bail by the police command in Cross River State. According to her mother, the police officer handling the case tried to pressure the family to settle out of court. 
unknown to them if young Basi was released soon after. Cross River State does not have a sexual offense register, so when offenders jump bail or get released from jail, they could move to another community and abuse another child. That is what allegedly happened to four-year-old Shani. He used his penis on, the, on her hand, so we saw... That's Shani's mother. The he in question is Abasi Abasi, an elderly neighbor who raped her four-year-old daughter. So we saw injury on the surface, but he did not went inside for the vagina. He used his fingers on her. Abasi was caught in the act by neighbors. He was beaten and handed over to the police. Like if young Basi, he was released on bail. Abasi relocated immediately and has not been seen in the community ever since. I want him to be punished. Yes. I want him to be jailed. Yes. To learn a lesson. It's, they have said it that it's not my daughter that is the first person. Yes. My daughter is not the first person. He has done it to somebody else before coming to my daughter. Isabel, the teenage girl who was raped by three men on her street, like Shani's mother, wants to see her accusers chilled for their crime. I just want them to like just face the consequences and pay the thing because so that like now if they don't suffer the thing, they might go and do it to another person and they'll just say after that they'll not do me anything. So let them face what they do. For survivors who received support from NGOs like BROCI and have state governments prosecuting their case, thoughts of justice might make the pain easier to live with, but not always. You've been listening to Lockdown with Their Rapists, a documentary on how minors were sexually abused during the first wave of the pandemic. justice in Nigeria is very long and winding. Over a year has passed since these children were assaulted and none of them have received respite from the court. Although Grandma Eugene tries to protect little Laurel, she still has flashes of memory whenever she is close to Bassi's apartment. Shani's mother doubts she will ever receive justice for her little daughter. Jackie is no longer her happy self and her mother still carries the stigma. For Celia and Isabel, it has been a long protracted legal battle, an experience that no one, more so teenagers, should have to go through. Do you think that people now look at you differently? Some people, they were like, why, why will I do that kind of thing? Some people, like, they tell me, why did I do that kind of thing? Why did that? If why didn't I keep it as a secret to myself? All this type of thing. Why would I send them to prison? I should tell my daddy. My daddy, I should go and withdraw my statement back. Do you feel differently in your body, in your head, the way you think about yourself? Something changed because I was 
Actually, ever since then I was shy, I was keeping myself and I had that self-courage to talk whenever my friends are talking. But ever since my pride was taken away, I don't have that courage. When my friends talk sometimes I do feel bad. When you when you grow up and when you eventually go to university and everything, what would you like to become? I'm a lawyer. That's what I've been in my mind ever since. I like the way they talk. You like the way lawyers talk? Wow. Can you talk like that? I cannot talk like that, but I'll just... When you learn it, yes. right? But then that's true. I mean, uh, I know that what you what you've gone through is very it's very difficult, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry that happened. It's not your fault. If there are people telling you that it is your fault. You should know that it is not your fault. You are just a child. 18 million people finally have a voice. This is Lagos Talks 91.3.